Ryan McGee, it's NASCAR season coming up. The Daytona 500 is around the corner. Where do you think NASCAR is right now in the American sporting landscape, even amongst motorsports? Well, I think it's in a much better place than it was. It's been, oddly enough, since 2020 that the sport has been on not this breakneck climb that we've seen F1 enjoy over the last couple of years and not even what NASCAR enjoyed in the 70s, 80s, 90s, particularly the early 2000s after the death of Dale Earnhardt, but it's, it's growing. And I don't know that you could have said that. I know you couldn't have said that 10 years ago and certainly not five, six years ago, but now it's on the trajectory that it wants to be on. But as you know, in motorsports, you can never go fast enough. I don't want to stick to this too much, but I know that I say all the time, yeah, I'm a NASCAR fan. People look at me like two heads and I say, what, you don't like motorsports? And then they get this air about them where their champagne's in one hand, they start looking down their nose and they say, oh no, F1 is what I enjoy. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was that Netflix series, Drive to Survive. What's NASCAR doing to make sure that they can get into people's homes beyond just showing races? So ever since the Formula One series dropped, all of a sudden, everyone felt invested in the personalities. They felt invested in the storylines. And so ever since then, every other motorsport series in the world, NHRA, IndyCar, you know, World Rally, whatever, Formula E, give me whatever, they all wanted their own version of that series. And NASCAR kind of beat everyone to the punch. There is a series on Netflix now. It dropped just a couple of weeks ago called Full Speed. Going to the playoffs, you know the intensity is higher. 10 races, 16 drivers. Best man wins. The hope is, is that it's going to make people feel invested in these personalities because the knock, as you know, on NASCAR drivers over the last decade in particular is they're boring. What I know, because I know these guys and I've been around these guys, I cover these guys, they're not, but they also have greater entities they have to answer to, namely the logos that are sewn onto their shirts, who, who the sponsors who pay the money to be on the race cars and the car owners who don't want to make the sponsors mad. And so there hasn't been a lot of public portrayal of how interesting these people actually are. And now the hope is that this Netflix series will do the same for NASCAR, the different Formula One, because quite frankly, Formula One drivers were seen as clones. Certainly within the bubble that I live, there feels like there's momentum that has happened in the last couple of weeks since that series dropped on Netflix. The hope is that'll carry into Daytona and we will find out once we actually get down there. NASCAR season is back America. And if you aren't excited for everything we're about to watch over the next several months, well, you're missing out. Because where else in the sports world are you going to find drama, crashes, hugs, fights, confetti cannons, fireworks, oh, and Michael Jordan. And all of this at 200 miles per hour. So today, just ahead of the 2024 Daytona 500 and the start of the NASCAR season, our resident motorsport savant, Ryan McGee, enlightens everyone on everything we are missing. I'm Clinton Yates. It's Thursday, February 15th. This is ESPN Daily.
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ryan, you know as well as I do that I enjoy closed wheel racing on ovals. The way the strategy works and the way they run the cars is something that's just plain intriguing to me and has been ever since I was an intern at the George Michael Sports Machine back at WRC-TV in the district. Let me tell you a story. I was headed to Daytona one time to cover a college football game that Bethune-Cookman was involved in. Unfortunately, ran into a little bit of a problem. It rained all day for three days. There were hurricane winds and nothing happened on the football field. So much so that the airport was closed and I had to stay in Daytona at a red roof inn right next to the track. I have slept there. Okay. I know exactly exactly where you are. You know exactly where I am. So I said, all right, well, it stopped raining for the moment. Let me just go take a walk and see what the track looks like. 15 city blocks later and an hour and a half, I was exhausted. I had no idea where I was. I banged it right and walked all the way back and I stopped at every single establishment on the way back. Hooters, Bahama Breeze, Applebee's, Outback. That was my Daytona experience, and it was a blast because I had nothing else to do. But please, for those who are actually going to see racing, can you explain what the draw is of what is otherwise a dusty beach town for a good part of the year once NASCAR shows up? Yeah, or as my brother likes to say, uh, Daytona looks like what Vegas will look like after the nuclear war is over with, right? But, but I'll say this. It's way better than it was. I, th- so I was doing the math this morning. This will be my 29th consecutive speed weeks. Now, I wasn't at every 500 because a lot of years I went to leave race morning to go produce TV shows, you know, back in Bristol or back in Charlotte, whatever. But, but 29 consecutive speed weeks. And watching that city grow and watching there actually be things to do there that don't just involve, you know, come up with whatever the worst vice you can come up with you know the, the actual things to do around the area but but what you learned is the first thing i teach everyone it's so much physically bigger than you think it's going to be and like vegas you go to the first time i ever went to vegas i'm like well I'm, i leave a hotel i'm gonna walk down to that hotel okay i'm gonna walk down to that hotel next thing you know you walk nine miles because everything's so giant your perspective is, is fouled up right and so daytona is so big it's two and a half miles it's banked you know, 30 plus degrees in the turns. Um, you know, what's crazy to think is that place was built in 1959. But it's just, it is sensory overload times 10. You think about the Super Bowl um, and, and all of the energy with that and the music and the videos and the Thunderbirds and the fireworks. Daytona has been like that for decades. And just the sheer size of it and the speed of it and the noise of it, it is the most joyous spot on the face of the planet when you are in the infield or in the grandstand or where I get to be standing right off the pit lane for that 45 minutes leading up to the green flag. Everybody's in a good mood. It's the first race of the year. No one's racing for a championship. They're racing for the great American race. That's why I love the Super Bowl being at the beginning of the season instead of the end. 
everybody's uniforms are clean. Everybody's cars are new. Everybody's, nobody's mad at anybody yet. And so I always say, you know, I don't care a thing about horse racing. I got to get to the Kentucky Derby, right? Yeah, I'm not even a huge NFL guy. You got to get to the Super Bowl. So if you were just a sports fan, you have to go to the great American race to see it in person. It's still on my list. You've invited me many times. We just haven't been able to work it out. But one day we will. More specifically on the racing, though, what do we think the starting grid is going to look like? And what are you looking forward to? Well, you know, it's an interesting time in NASCAR in general because we are going through, uh, in stock car racing, a significant generational shift. Um, You know, Kevin Harvick has retired. Uh, Denny Hamlin is way closer to retirement than he's willing to admit. Brad Keselowski, a former champion, is moving into team ownership. He will retire soon. Martin Truex Jr. is already joking with me about it. I can't wait to go to Daytona and have to answer 50 times, hey, when are you going to retire? <laughs> and then meanwhile, Ryan Blaney is your defending champ. Winning is in his family's DNA, and Ryan has just crested the mountain of all wins. Ryan Blaney is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Oh, man. Thank you, guys, buddy. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. Thank you, guys. Kyle Larson just won a championship. Down the backstretch for the final time. Kyle Larson a year ago watched the race from North Carolina. Today, he's a Cup Series champion. Chase Elliott just won a championship. The 24-year-old from Dawsonville, Georgia, is about to join his father, Bill, in elite company. Chase Elliott is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Look at the guys who were in the playoff a year ago. William Byron, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, you know, these are all guys that, again, I've covered since they were teenagers and hope to be in NASCAR one day. So the grid is going to be this kind of old school versus new school, probably 50-50% split. And so to me, the grid at the Daytona 500 is the perfect encapsulation of what the season is going to be, which is, you know, you have a lot of guys, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., that have never won. They've won everything, but they've never won the Daytona 500. Well, TikTok, man. You, you only got a couple more chances. This might be your last chance. And so, meanwhile, you got these young guys. And what we've seen over the last several years, there's a pattern to this race, which is it will be exciting. You you have to watch from, from the green flag. As opposed to a lot of races, you can go cut the grass and not miss anything for 45 minutes sure. in the race, right? This race you have to watch. And then we're going to have less than 10 laps to go. We're going to have no idea who's going to win. And then we're going to have three crashes, and it's going to go into overtime. And, you know, last man standing wins. That's how Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won it a year ago. It is NASCAR's decision as to where those two cars were when the button was pushed to activate the caution. And Ricky Stenhouse has won the Daytona 500. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Daytona 500 winner. Let me tell you, that's been a long time coming. And that's just kind of how that race goes now. So even if you don't care a thing about it, um, I can guarantee you, much like we saw in the Super Bowl on Sunday, uh, we're going to get some some free racing. We're going to go in overtime at the end of the race because uh, they're going to wreck some cars until somebody finally uh, finds the checkered flag and wins the ballgame. Not everybody is as inclined to tune in to see 
big decals on cars, fake headlights, dudes in cool fire suits running around trying to change tires. But for those who might be trying to find a reason to turn it on, give me one, Ryan. Well, I mean, first of all, what else are you going to watch? I mean, that, that, to me, it's always perfectly placed on this week. Super Bowl's done, right? I mean, pitchers and catchers report literally what, what that week. And so the spring training games don't start till the next weekend. So, you know, watch because it's, to me, the, the Daytona 500 and I would say the Indianapolis 500 as well, those are events that just as a sports fan, you need to watch. I'm not the biggest hockey guy in the world, but I love watching the NHL All-Star Game. I love watching the Skills Challenge. I love watching the Stanley Cup Finals because it's just something as a sports fan you should want to understand. And plus, man, what's cooler than race cars? Nothing. When you were a kid, when you were a kid, what was one of the coolest things of all time? Race cars. To this day, all kids want to do is play with race cars. I have race teams sending me die-cast cars all the time. I just hand them out to kids in the neighborhood. And I'm, I'm Santa Claus, man. There's, there's, there's a reason they keep making cars movies, Pixar does, because there's nothing cooler than race car. So, yeah, what else are you going to do on a Sunday afternoon in February, right? As good a reason as any. I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk about some drivers in specific. And I want to start with Kyle Larson. He's a guy that's got a very interesting history for people who have been paying attention ever since the pandemic. Larson, of course, got caught using a slur on a live stream that he thought was private, very awkwardly was public. Everybody heard it. Even his own teammates chastised him, did his penance, kind of got back into the world of popular racing and got his reputation back on some level and has won a couple races. But he's going to try to pull off something this season that is pretty wild in a double on a day. Can you explain to people what that is? Yeah, and so Kyle Larson, who I mentioned, Ryan Blaney, the champion, Larson finished second in the championship a year ago, won four races, and you're right, has has worked tirelessly to improve his public image, which he rightfully um, was damaged, continues to stay damaged. But yeah, Kyle Larson is going to attempt the Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600 Memorial Day weekend double. Kyle Larson's goal is to run the Indy 500 at, at noon that Sunday of Memorial Day weekend and then when he's done with that, he will hop on an airplane and travel to Concord, North Carolina, get in a helicopter. The helicopter will drop him off in the infield of the racetrack, and then he will run and get into his stock car and try to compete in NASCAR's marathon race. And so this is old school. Again, I'm you know this. I've been around a minute. Yep. Um, back in the day, John Andretti was the first race car driver to pull this off. Tony Stewart is the first one to do it with with a significant level of success. Tony's the only one who pulled off the entire 1,100 miles. But there have been other drivers that tried it. Robbie Gordon tried it multiple times. I, I actually flew on a plane with Robbie Gordon one time when, when he was trying to make it was happen. Was he flying the, the plane, too? Him up one time. He was not <laughs> flying the plane. He was, uh, he was covered up in IV bags and hamburgers on the way down. So I, I've been on planes with guys who have attempted this before, but it's been a while. It's been a long while. And to me, it's a testament to, we're talking about all these different series, you know, for years and years and years, I mean, decades, NASCAR and IndyCar refused to play ball. Like they just, they were rivals, they were corporate rivals, and they believed that they were competing over the same eyeballs. And now NASCAR and IndyCar are willing to work with each other because they understand this is a coup for everyone if Kyle Larson can pull this off. And so Kyle Larson, who is long been considered a potential generational race car driver, 
and has finally met his potential when it comes to winning races at Hendrick Motorsports. And Rick Hendrick, who years and years and years wouldn't let his drivers moonlight and do this stuff, and now he has agreed to do this, and he'll be driving for two really good race teams. I'm not he can't win both races, but I would be I would not be shocked if he at least finished in the top ten in both. It's an amazing accomplishment to try to tackle. And, you know, you say it's old school, but to me, it sounds insane. Quite frankly, it's something from a physical yeah. output standpoint to try to attempt. Well, in 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 speaking to the stick and ball uh sports fans as we refer to them in the garage, you know. This is a testament to why it's wrong when people say these guys aren't athletes. Because what it takes from them mentally, and I've seen the numbers. You know, a lot of times these I mean, these guys will wear you know these medical vests, and you can go back and see you know uh, how much water, how much moisture left their body during the race in multiple ways. What their heart rate, what their heart rate stays at this elevated zone four, zone five for four and a half hours. And and the concentration level that it takes, because if you don't pay attention for literally a split second, you're out, you're done, you're going to crash and you might crash 15 other cars. And so to do that in the Indy 500 where they're traveling 230 miles per hour down the backstretch on a flat two and a half mile rectangle racetrack and, and, and to hold that concentration level for 500 miles or so for three, three and a half hours, And then you got about in a private jet, it's going to take you an hour and change to get down to Charlotte. You got that much time to replenish your brain, replenish your fluids, figure out something to eat. And back in the day, you know, it was to Tony Stewart going, give me a hot dog and hamburger. And part of the reason that he was awful the first couple of times he tried it was because he didn't do what he needed to do physically and mentally. And uh, and now, I mean, I know Kyle Larson will do that. So it's going to be fascinating to uh, to watch. And I'm shamelessly lobbying, trying to uh, thumb a ride on that airplane that Sunday. Coming up, how the goat is bringing his championship know-how to NASCAR. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. 
I think the team that's made the most noise in the average sports world, the stick and ball sport world, and even the pop culture world has been Michael Jordan's 23 racing squad. Bubba Wallace is a driver for them. Denny Hamlin is involved as well. How has that operation gone in terms of not just wins, but its growth as a team and whatever popularity we expected for Michael Jeffrey Jordan to step into the NASCAR world in his home state, obviously, of North Carolina? Yeah, and, and it's been interesting, too, because, you know, the racing got into his blood because of his, his father. I think it was uncle. And they would go to the racetracks that I went to when I was growing up. I grew up in eastern North Carolina like Michael did, which is why our athletic skills are so similar, right? <laughs> he would go to races as a kid and always loved it. And I don't think a lot of people realize this, but you know, even while Michael was still playing, he got into motorcycle racing. I mean, he owned Superbike team. And so he always had an eye on it. And a key... A key part of this whole thing is his former college teammate, Brad Darty, And Brad Darty, who has owned, worked with us at ESPN when we televise NASCAR races and has co-owned JTG Darty Racing forever. They won the Daytona 500 a year ago with their driver, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And, and Brad all the time was saying, man, you love it. Why don't you invest in it? Brad. I mean, leaned on Michael all the time about, man, you, you have to, I want you to at least think about investing in it. And, uh, and of course, then when Michael decided to do it, it wasn't just owning a minority stake in a team. He was going to be all in. His commitment and the amount of times he's at the racetrack is stunning. And the fact that he's willing to be involved and the fact that, you know, it's not just that Bubba Wallace, everything he does is the first time anyone who looks like him has done it you know since Wendell Scott was done in the early 70s it's not just that Bubba makes history all the time it's the fact that you know Bubba and his teammates are rolling out there in Jordan cars like cars that look like whatever Jays are your favorite ones and the fact that Michael's bringing his friends out to the racetrack and the fact that Michael has fortune 500 companies looking at the sport that have never looked at it before so his commitment is is tremendous. And, you know, he cones that team with Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, who is in a unique situation in all of this. He co-owns 2311 Racing with Michael Jordan. He currently drives for Joe Gibbs Racing Team. But this still seems like a meeting of legends as they both look at what they want to do next. And Denny Hamlin is a title contender. He'll be one of the favorites to win the Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin is in the conversation of greatest who've never won a championship. He's a Hall of Famer by any measure. But now he's thinking about the next part of his career, and it's going to be Cohen and that team with Michael Jordan. So MJ's involvement in the sport, um, the impact of that has been immeasurable. And the good news is, is that it's not a fly-by-night deal. I, I really don't believe at this point that he's going to wake up one morning and go, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. But uh, – I think 23 is around to stay for a while. Do you feel that Bubba Watson has sort of grown into his role as one of the few black drivers in the history of NASCAR, never mind the most popular one now? And do you think Michael Jordan and all these people, listen, ever since the Confederate flag stuff happened, ever since the stuff with Larson happened, Bubba's been in a bit of a spotlight. Has it helped him? Has it hurt him? Where do you think the fandom is of those who like racing in regards to Bubba Watson? Well, I mean, the most ridiculous and most um, ill-advised measurement of all this is social media, right? The algorithm in all my social media is when I look at trending topics, I get Bubba a lot. And I click on it every now and then just to see. 
And it's always exactly who you think it's going to be. Oh, he finished ninth again. He still hadn't won a race. And I'm like, yeah, but he also made the playoff, right? He also could have won a couple of races last year. He also, by the way, uh, has a lot more career wins than any of the rest of us. <laughs> but, but to your question, he has grown into the role, and he was pushed into that role. And he pushed back on it for a long time because whether it is a diversity development program that a driver was involved in or whether it was the fact that his dad was a rich CEO and got in the ride, racers are very, very sensitive to anyone who might come up with a reason to argue, well, that's why he got that job. Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, fought that the, the whole first part of his career. Well, the only reason he's here is because of his last name. But you have to earn, in the minds of a race car driver, you have to earn everyone's respect by winning races. And so Bubba was very content to just be Bubba and win his races and prove that he was a good race car driver. And, and he kind of dodged the responsibilities of who he actually was. But when that was forced upon him, as so much was revealed about so many people during 2020 and during 2021 in particular, um, he embraced that role and he rolls with that role. And, you know, not to sound like the old kind of pit lane dad that I am, I'm proud of him. I mean, I, I've been around him since he was a teenager. And to watch him uh, embrace what that is and embrace who he is and embrace the uh, the role that he is in, whether he wanted it or not. Um, to me, it's it's really been it's been remarkable to watch. Last thing I'll ask you quickly: if somebody does listen to this pod and says, "You know what? This man convinced me to go to Daytona." What's one thing they got to do that's not the race while they're there? You have to go uh, down to the North Turn Grill, which is a sports bar slash restaurant slash old man dance club. But that place is built directly over the beach and directly over the north turn of the original Daytona Road and Beach race course. So before they built the Daytona International Speedway in 1959, for years, they would race south on old rickety asphalt highway A1A. And then they'd do that for a mile and a half. And then they would hang a left and go out onto the beach and race back up the sand I mean, hammer down, right? And Chrysler 300Ms and Oldsmobiles and all this stuff. And then they would get to the North Turn, which is where that, that, that North Turn grill is now. And they would broad slide. Junior Johnson and Curtis Turner and these guys would broad slide those cars through the surf and hang a left and go back out onto the asphalt. And that's where that grill is and it's full of memorabilia. And there's always four or five, like 300-year-old guys who raced on the beach back in the day. And you can get you a cheeseburger and uh, and a cold one and look out over that beach and think about, uh, you know, man, Joe Weatherly used to rooster tail it on this racetrack out here. It's, 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 it is as old school as you can possibly get. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, Ryan. You're the man. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.